Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hi. Oh yeah, we're recording. <laughs> you just looked at me like you didn't like, wow, know why you just I went ahead and started. I wasn't really ready. Well, I <laughs> said, ready are now. you ready? And you said, ready, are you? And I said, yeah. And then I started recording. Yeah, you did. You went right for it. Good job. They're coming right for us. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, it's from South Park. Yeah. When I was 20, in high school. 20th anniversary of the South Park movie. Shut up. Yeah. 20 years. Stop with your stupid old people anniversaries. 20 years since Slipknot's debut album on Roadrunner Records. What did I just ask you to stop? <laughs> it's important to remember. Old people anniversaries. Knock it off. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately just start hitting shit. Yeah. I'll start tinging all over the place. Yeah, what do you think of that? I don't like it. <laughs> you really don't. I don't. It bothers you. It does. Hey, so what's going on, Maggie? Nothing. What's new? Nothing. We recorded our first video for $10 patrons. Yeah. So check that out if you're a $10 patron. Yeah. That one. <laughs> that and one if you're, we got. And if you're not and you decide and you want to be, you can If go you're do listening that. to this in the future, then meaning the future from when we're recording it. Which is, right now is the future, no, but okay. Not right now, it's always right now. It's the future from the when future. we recorded it. What? It's always the future from when we recorded it. That's true. Yeah, I know. That's why um, I said it. But anyway, but yeah, go check that out. It's uh, it's entertaining. You get to watch, watch Maggie eat some things. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> Watch Maggie eat some gross things. Yeah, so I decided to call those videos called, I call them full frontals. Full frontal. <laughs> full frontal with SNM. Yeah. That's good. SNM I like full that. frontals. That's and then, uh, great. yeah, so those, the $5 are called SNM in the raw, and then the $10 are SNM full frontal. We're really trying to capture that Pornhub crowd and then disappoint them yes. immediately. And that's why. That's why Patreon's like, excuse me, um, what's happening here? And right. they're like, nothing's happening here. <laughs> Nothing good. Yeah. Hey, so I don't really have a news story per se, but I wanted to follow up on a topic I did a couple weeks ago because there was information I should have conveyed in the topic because it was funny and interesting. And when I was compiling the information, I didn't know where to put it. And then I left it out on accident. So this goes back to my Mickey Mouse topic and Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. So I wanted to tell listener about how Disney, I never said how Disney got Oswald back because Universal owned Oswald and then Walt Disney went and created, you know, Disney. And then that was that. So this is this is a, a little snippet of how Oswald ended up back in the fold over at Disney. Basically, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, traded al michaels yeah you did tell us that no i don't not in the podcast i told you that after oh, the fact i know that they traded al michaels to universal for oswald the lucky rabbit and al michaels is a sportscaster if you don't know and at the time george bodenheimer was president of espn and he called he called Bob Iger about, uh, I, don't, I don't know, there's this whole big thing that I don't really want to go in, get into because I don't care, but 
corporations buying corporations and Sunday night football and Monday night football and all this nonsense. So he calls. Wait, so there's Sunday night and Monday night and Thursday night? Yeah. There's all kinds of footballs going on. Are you serious? So he calls Bob Iger because he wants to. uh, He wants Al Michaels and Bob Iger calls him back and says, George, I'd be willing to let Al Michaels go. If you can get us the the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit from NBC. And George responded after a slight pause. Who or what is Oswald the Lucky (laughs) Rabbit? (laughs) And Iger said, well, it goes back to the very beginning of Walt Disney's career. Oswald is a revered figure at Disney and I'd like to get him back. So George then called uh, Dick Ebersol at NBC. He said he opened the conversation by saying, I'm willing to talk you Talk to you about letting Al go to NBC, but I got to have Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back. To which Dick Ebersol said, what? He said, yeah, you heard me right. I got to have Oswald the Lucky Rabbit back. Who or what is Oswald the Lucky (laughs) Rabbit? (laughs) Well, here's what I know. You'll have to research it on your end. And then he explained to him that he's a precursor to Mickey Mouse. And that's uh, that's basically they wanted Al Michaels. And Disney was like, all right. We'll give you Al Michaels because he was working for ESPN or NBC or whatever, or ABC at the time, because uh, Disney owns ABC and I think they own ESPN. Again, not sure of the ins and outs of all that. Yeah. But they're like, you give us the cartoon character, we'll give you the human. And so they gave him the human. And that's that's how he ended up. They were like, we didn't know we owned. <laughs> right. Exactly. This. They're like what? This what now? Who? <laughs> what now? You want me to do what? Is that drugs? What is that? <laughs> what do you call that? You want to ride the magic dragon? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. They're like, is that, is that, was that Henry? Is that, right. Was that? Also, Chris Sanders just commented, he is our $10 patron. <laughs> so he has seen our video. Oh, yeah. We just got, in real time, we got Chris Sanders comment about anchovies. So I, had, I ate anchovies for the first time. He said his mom used to put them on pizza to ensure he wouldn't eat it. That is a terrorist move. Like, why would you do that? That's torturous. Right. Why would you get pizza and then put something on it that your child? That's that's a that's like that's almost worse than what my mom. My mom just wouldn't get pizza at all. But imagine if she got pizza and then was just like, look at this. <laughs> you, you want this, don't you? Right. And then she threw it out the window. And then put like food that you hate on it. Right. Which oh. I don't know. I don't think she could have kept me from pizza at that point because I'd never had. If she actually was like, oh, we got pizza. Um, 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 like there's anchovies and and I don't know what else you'd have to put on there to stop me. I cannot I, I, get anchovies and sardines straight. Well, I, I don't know the difference. Well, they're both they're fish, di- right? And they're different size cans. Like anchovies are a tiny, tiny can and sardines are a bigger can. Anchovies always make me think of Futurama. Yeah, with the mom's yeah. special oil when she uses right. anchovies. Yep. All right. So, uh, what else you got going on? That was that's it. I just wanted to, the little tidbit about Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, how he ended up back with Disney, since I omitted it. Yeah, I knew that stupidity. story, so I thought we did it on the podcast. But I don't really know what we do on the podcast versus what we do in real life. Because we just talk all the time. Because. <laughs> Part of living with your co-host is you have no idea what you had a microphone in your face for and what you didn't. Right. Because it's all the same. The dogs are just running around. People are mowing. It's like... <laughs> Somebody's always mowing in Brunswick. 
Yeah, someone always mows around here. Actually, that's not, it's not 24-7, but if there is a shred of daylight, there is a lawnmower going yes. somewhere within listening distance. It's insane. There are Nobody mows simultaneously. Mowing. Yeah, nobody mows at the same time. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. As soon as somebody stops, somebody else starts. It's so pathetic and weird. This town is so fucking weird with their mowing. So, yeah. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Do we have housekeeping? You have housekeeping? You want to do housekeeping? Housekeeping. All right, so look for us on Instagram and Facebook. A couple goals, a couple goals with S&M. Uh, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. And uh, you can always uh, contribute on Patreon as well. Yeah, that sounds good. Couplegoalspodcast.com, do you say that? I was yawning. Yeah, well, just a couple goals with S&M, couple goals podcast. It's pretty much, I think that covers it pretty well. Yeah, you could probably find us. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're if you're good at the internet, if you were born like between I don't know like two thousand five and like <laughs> anybody can find us. It's not hard. And like if you could spell a couple goals, nineteen seventy goals podcast, you can find us. It populates pretty well. Yeah. So, so give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Leave us a review. Send us money. All those things. One of those things. Give us things. cash. <laughs> give me cash. Give us, give us cash. Do those things. Um, and thanks for listening. And the dog's trying to ask to go out now all of a sudden. Yeah, like we, now. I didn't take him out before we started. But Why not? <laughs> didn't think about it. Normally I do. I didn't do it. Though. I'm starving to death. And my brain isn't working properly. I'm starving too. Why didn't we eat before we <laughs> I tried to get you to and you said no. Well, that's because you told me I was a bitch if, we, if I don't eat before <laughs> what we I said? I don't think that's what I said. That is what you said. So I think I and said then I your... said, what the fuck? And you said, see? <laughs> that's, that's, that was <laughs> that's how that exchange went. went. Yes, said, it is. I said, you're mean when you don't eat. No, you use bitch. And that's you're why I reacted. And that's why I reacted that way. And then you no, said, you didn't say see? what, though. You said something else. Oh, I said, what the fuck? No, you and said you something said, really see? shitty. You don't remember the conversation. You just say, what the fuck? You said something really shitty. And I was like, see? <laughs> Perfect example of you being a bitch because you're not eating. <laughs> Whatever. Snickers commercials are fucking accurate as fuck. Whatever. I'm starving, too, so I'm, I'm probably not in the best mood. Yeah, all I had today was, uh, what did I eat? Oh, I had that Kit Kat drumstick. Oh, you had one of those? So, uh, I had the last one. Yeah. Yeah, it was solid. <laughs> when I brought those home and you were asleep on the couch, and I I did, this was a terrible way to wake somebody up, you would think, but it didn't turn out to be. I, I <laughs> wanted to show her that I got these Kit Kat drumsticks, which are apparently really good. They are really good. They and are very good. So I, I unwrapped one, like all. and I took the ice, you know, the, the ice cream that sticks out of the top. The, the part that's, like, in the chocolate? Yeah, and I, I just held it against her forehead while she was sleeping. And she was kind of miffed. And then I, when I told her, like, she woke up and she was just like, what? And then I was like, oh, I got you a Kit Kat. Dry. And she, was, she just grabbed it. She's like, OK. And she started eating it <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Like, it was like no problem at all. I was like, oh, there's food. That's fine. You put frozen food in my forehead. Hey, you know, I know what's really funny about that? It's like I was having that memory while I was eating this last one. Yeah. And I was like, it was better when I was asleep. <laughs> like it was so you loved it when you were asleep yes. there was something yeah it's so good you ate it then you just went back to sleep yes yeah. i woke up i ate it it was the best drumstick i've ever had and then i went right back to sleep and i slept until you made me get off the couch and go to bed 
All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pause it here real quick, and I'm going to take the dog out. All right. That, I'm back. Just as like time travel, kind of. Like when you're listening. Like, oh, wow, he took the dogs out already. He's so it's wild. A, it's impressive. Yeah. All right, so what do, what do you have for us? Oh, do week? I go? Yeah, you go you first, because I tend to go really long. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you love to make that joke. Yeah. Well, it's true. So, I am actually doing something that our son, Logan, suggested. So this is, would be a listener topic if he listened. Yeah. But he tells me that he doesn't want to listen because he lives with us and hears us talk all the time. <laughs> right. He's like, there's, there's nothing. He's like, please don't make There's nothing unique or enjoyable about this. Really? Right now? You got to fight? Go lay down. You lay they down just too. went outside, so they're all amped up. Lay down. So... I am telling you a brief history of how we acquired Hawaii. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of interesting. All right. So it starts with a woman, and she was born in 1838 in Honolulu. Her name is Lydia, and she was a member of a high-ranking high Hawaiian family. Her mother was... Good Lord. Ready? Kiyohokeloli. <laughs> and yeah. she served as an advisor to a king. King Kemikehekaiha third. Yep. So. <laughs> God This is it. great. <laughs> so Lydia was educated by missionaries and toured the Western world, as was customary for young members of a Hawaiian nobility. She spent time in the court of Kamehameha. I, I just said just it. call remember? everybody Kamehameha. Since, you, you know, you're that Dragon Ball fan and they say that on there. Oh, my God. That's it. What? Is that really? Kamehameha. Is that really how it's spelled? Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So the the fourth. What the hell? And it ruined my joke. 1862, she married John Owen Diminis, and he was an American-born son of a ship captain who became an official in the Hawaiian government. So he would later serve as governor of um, Maui and a place that I suddenly can't pronounce, Oahu. Sorry, I don't know what happened to me. I suddenly forgot how to speak. And the couple had no children. So Lydia's elder brother, David Kalohei, <laughs> was chosen king. I think you should do all your topics based out of Hawaii. Listen, you know they were their own place, right? Like, yeah, they're not, clearly. So they had a different language that I don't know. Right. So anyway, he was chosen king in 1874. Three years later, when her youngest brother... W.P. Leneohoku, <laughs> who had been the heir apparent, died in 1877. Lydia was named as the presumptive, presumptive heir to the throne. So she was a crown princess. And thereafter, she was known as her royal name, Liliukeilani. Okay. Liliukeilani. Okay. Right. So... Moving forward, in the 1880s, American sugar and pineapple companies grew tremendously on the island. 
and they were subjective to the rule of the native monarchy. So business people had a real problem with the royalty of the island. And in 1887, people who were affiliated with pineapple and sugar plantations, they forced Leo Keani's brother, who was king at the time, to sign a new constitution, which was nicknamed the Bayonet Constitution because it was signed at literal gunpoint. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the new constitution was written written by a group of white businessmen and lawyers who wanted the kingdom to be part of the United States. This group was called the Hawaiian League, and it was supported by an armed militia called Honolulu Rifles. And many of the Hawaiian League were affiliated with Hawaii's giant lucrative sugar and pineapple plantations. The new constitution reduced the power of the Hawaiian monarchy, placing most of the legal authority in the hands of the legislature. Wait, it gets better. So the constitution changed the voting rights in the kingdom. So only men of Hawaiian, American and European ancestry who met certain criteria, financial criteria, could vote. So this disenfranchised thousands of Asian voters and opened voting to thousands of non-citizens. Wow. Rich white men really are evil. Yeah. I think the rich part is essential, though. So when Lilio Kailani inherited the throne, she acted to implement a new constitution that would restore the powers lost to the monarchy through the Bayonet Constitution. In January of 1893, a group of American and European businessmen with the support of the U.S. Minister John Stevens and the contingent of the U.S. Marines stage a coup to depose the queen. Liliokailani surrendered with the hopes of appealing to President Cleveland to reinstate her. Cleveland offered to reinstate her in return for granting amnesty to all of those who had been involved in the coup. She initially refused, but then acquiesced in vain, however as the provisional government formed after the coup led by Sanford Dole denied her reinstatement. Now, Sanford Dole's cousin, once removed, is James Dole. He started the Hawaiian Pineapple Company, now known as Dole Foods. I, I saw that coming. I'm sure you did. So he that was started like in nine, 1903 or something. Um. In July of 1894, the government proclaimed the Republic of Hawaii and Dole, Sanford Dole, was its first president. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) The Dole pineapple guy is like, and I'm the president. Yeah. Like he's not just a member. Well, it was his cousin, but yeah. In 1895, after loyalist Robert Wilcox led a failed insurrection aimed at restoring Lilio Kailani to the throne, the queen was placed under house arrest and charged with treason. She agreed to sign a formal abdication in late January after exchange for, or I'm sorry, in exchange for pardoning her supporters who had led the revolt. And later she tried to claim the abdication was invalid because she signed her married name rather than her loyal or her royal one. Hmm. So with no children of her own, she designated her niece, (laughs) Kailani, as heir. In 1896, the two women traveled to Washington to try to convince Cleveland to restore the Hawaiian monarchy without success. 
As leader of the Stand Firm movement, Lilio Kehlani fought steadfast against U.S. annexation of Hawaii. Though Cleveland was sympathetic, his successor, William McKinley, was not. And the government annexed Hawaii in July of 1898. So her her niece, who was supposed to be her heir, yeah. was in poor health and died at age 24. Lilio Kailani, she withdrew from public life and she lived until age 79 when she suffered a stroke and died. So a little bit more on Hawaii. In 1899, one year after annexation, sugar planters imported 26,103 Japanese contract laborers. Mm. Do, you, do you know what that sounds like to me? What? A lot like slaves. Yeah. So... That's the largest number of Japanese brought into the islands. But they did bring a significant amount every year. That's just the largest. And it's not just sugar. Pineapple did that, too. So this is we're just looking at one year here. So this was the planner's last minute effort to beat the United States contract labor laws of 1885, which prohibited importing of contract laborers into the states and territories. Then came the Organic Act, which put an end to the penal contract labor uh, in June of 1900, two years before the contracts of the 26,103 Japanese people had expired. The contract, the Organic Act stated in part, quote, all contracts made since August 12th, 1898, by which persons are held of service for a definite time, are hereby declared null and void and terminated, and no law shall pa be passed to enforce said contract in any way, and it shall be the duty of the United States Marshal to at once notify such persons held the, of the termination of their contracts. Huh. To the surprise of plantation owners, the Japanese laborers everywhere demanded their contracts be canceled and returned. <laughs> they wanted freedom and dignity. Shocking. And, and contract laborers... As contract laborers, their bodies were practically the property of the sugar planters, and they were being abused and whipped with black snake whips. That sounds just like slavery. It sounds like slavery with extra steps. Right. So, in several places, the Japanese went on strike to enforce their demands, and, and the planters were daily violating U.S. laws to keep them in servitude. Jesus. So... Hawaii.edu has a long history of the labor on the islands. And it's really quite heartbreaking to read because it has to do with sugar and pineapple. And now it has come full circle in this hundred years later because it is now sugar, pineapple and hotels and how these people, they no longer are being held and they have unions and things now. Yeah. But they still only have a choice of so many occupations if you want to live on the island. Right. And though it's like three. Right. Sugar, pineapples, hotels. Right. It's like t there's only so many things you can do. And the Hawaii.edu has this huge, like, and it really does. It goes by like every, and it talks about the massacres that occurred when people would stand up for it in the 20s and again in the 60s. And Jesus. it's really, it's, it, I had no idea that the Hawaii, like the Hawaiian really Islands were treated like this. how America was created is pretty awful <laughs> like and it's the just things bad that you're at the products that are coming out of hawaii and what people 
are being put through to create them mm. and to get them. And people don't realize it and don't think about it and whose backs these things are being it's all built on. It's all these mega corporations, man. It's all the rich it's, folk. That's why everything. And people are like, oh, who cares? It's being made in China or whatever. But it's like, this is why ethical treatment is so important. Right. And it's like, I understand that you don't want to pay more. Like, I'm in the same boat. I don't want to pay more either. But that's the thing, though. But, you you would also probably get paid more and right. be able to afford the product. That's why, like, when I was talking to Logan about That's IKEA, how it used to be before the auto industry. When but Logan and I were at Ikea when we toured OSU. And he was like... We, we were in the cafe and he was like, this is places from the future. Cause you know, you put your stuff back and you, it's like, it's a nice place. Yeah. And I was explaining to him, I was like, well, they pay a living wage here because you do a lot of the work yourself. It's like a work sharing. Yeah. You know, like the, the consumers are putting their dishes back and then they can pay their people a living wage because we're still paying a, a fair wage to eat their food. Right. You know, I'm paying $9 for a meal and I'm doing a fair amount of the work. <laughs> I'm going through the checkout. I'm I'm serving myself. Right. I'm putting my food back. But don't put your food back. No. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm putting my tray back. They right. have, you know, like I'm I don't doing... think they want their food back. Don't put that back. <laughs> Under no circumstances. Even if you didn't eat it, they don't want it back. <laughs> Just Yeah. That's gross. Don't put the food back. Don't put food back. I mean, but you know what I mean? If you're there long enough, you'll probably end up putting the food back. <laughs> But not in the same container. Yeah, no. Hopefully. Not in the cafeteria, <laughs> ideally. Yeah, the bathroom's downstairs, actually, by the entrance. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was trying to explain that to him, and then we talked about, he's told me twice about the Dole Corporation because he's on such a pineapple kick. Right. So and that's why he was like, you know, Dole had slaves. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sure. Every, Tell me dude, more about this. All, and all then. These. And then he was like, well, they're not technically slaves. They just don't have an op they, they don't have an option and they're indentured servants. And I'm right. like, indentured servants are slaves. I mean, they Basically. can call it what they want, but slavery with extra steps. The yeah. rich control everything and the people who don't make a lot of money don't. We, we have like the illusion of autonomy, but. They just imported all of these people. Like when you import people, that's not a good sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, would you have to like import workers to do right. things? Like, not your, promising. Your ships manifest. It's like, okay, we have well, uh, watermelons. There's, we like, have apples and people. Oh, that's not good. And I was reading through like Hawaii.edu, and before sugar and pineapple became a thing, they had like wood, you know, like, you know, how most places will have like trees before they cut them all fucking down. Yeah. And, they had to do a certain amount and you had to like be an invalid in order to not have criteria you had to hit. Anyone over age 10 had criteria they had to hit. This was in the 1800s. Wow. Before they were annexed. <laughs> and I was like, this is fucking bananas. I didn't cover all that. Huh, bananas. Yeah. But like, I didn't cover all that because I was like, we'll just focus on pineapple and sugar. But well, thank you for another depressing topic. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I love hearing about America's slave history. It's just it's so uplifting. <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Well, everyone is so focused all the time on the African slave history. And yeah. it is, that's important. That's not what I'm saying. But it's important to realize that that's not all that yeah. happened. Yeah. Japanese people were slaves. 
in Hawaii. I mean, the, like right. there are there are other slave histories out there. Right. And it's just sad. All right. Well, I want to move on to my topic because I'm all miserable now. Uh, well, you asked me to go first, motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking about, do you know what I'm going to be talking about? Do you have a guess based on any of my activities this past week? What have your activities this past week? Yesterday we watched The Burbs, which I guessed from. I put that on for you. Yeah, you definitely did. Um, no, I don't know. I'm going to be talking about Spider-Man. Jesus the fucking Christ. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I'm talking specifically about Spider-Man, the 2002 movie. So this is, you know, you can get pretty granular with Spider-Man. He's been around a long time. There's a lot of Spider-Man stuff out there. Are we going to be talking about Tobey Maguire's moist eyes? He's got fucking damp ass eyes. Like he's got his that's, eye holes. That's Look. not in my notes here, but if that's important... We can go into it. If yeah, that's an important I feel like topic we need to talk about how fucking damp his eyes always look. All right, so it took about 17 years to get Spider-Man to the big screen. Oh, good. So Tobey Maguire is only 30 when they started fucking the process. <laughs> He's gonna rag on Tobey the whole time. No, Tobey old man Maguire. He seems like a nice guy. All right, so it was a 17-year journey. Uh, it's in 1985. Uh, amid lagging studio interest in superhero movies because there was really only one series. It was Superman, and it wasn't doing well by this point. They were up to, I think they were up to like three and four, and those weren't good Remember at all. Remember when Christopher Reeves like fell off a horse? Yeah. Christopher yes. Reeve. Is Remember it Reeve when Christopher Reeves? Reeve? Christopher Reeves? Is it Reeves? I think it is Reeves. Christopher Reeves. I don't know. It's but yeah, not I like do. Aldi where people just randomly add an S. Anyway. George Reeve, like one of them, I think, had like a plural and one of them. Christopher Reeves. Huh. Anyway. Right. It's neither here or there. No, it's definitely here or there. It's <laughs> This has nothing to do with it. Anyways, anyway, Superman was sucking was asshole at the box office. I was standing in Revco when I found out. Where were you? Don't know. Don't care. Oh. Um, it was not impactful for me. It was sad, but I was never a big Superman guy. So. I remember yeah, being I was like. A, it was like, oh. Superbad's not very super. Wow. All right. So anyway. Uh, I don't know why that's a wow. <laughs> that's I very a, insensitive. I was a child. I was right. a small child at the time. And I remember thinking like, wowee. I could go into the, like, I could do a whole topic about the super curse of Superman, but I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> yeah. This week. Yeah. Not this week. Maybe not ever. Because again, I'm not a big Superman guy. It's, uh but yeah, there's a curse that goes with playing Superman. Your life goes to shit eventually. That's what happens Brandon eventually. Brandon Ralph seems fine. I don't know. He's stuck doing uh, playing. He's stuck doing like DC TV right now. That's pretty bad. He was fantastic in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Why don't we talk about Scott Pilgrim? Go ahead. Nobody's okay. stopping you. All right. Right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do some research first. Maybe read the comics. Then let's hear your Scott Pilgrim contrast and compare the comics to the movie. That's a great idea. You should do that. <laughs> Don't just stare ahead blankly like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> that would be a great idea. It's only seven books. Someone new is mowing. Yeah. If somebody stops, somebody someone, starts. This someone is to the right of our house has switched to someone from the left of our house. So that's exciting. Yep. All right. So 1985. Uh 
Marvel sold the rights to Spider-Man for $250,000 oh. to Canon Films. I don't know if you remember Canon Films, but they were kind of a small studio. They weren't, you know, one of the big ones. They're not like my cameras? No, no, no. This has two ends. Three ends, I guess, total. Um, all right, so after several script attempts, Canon went under, and the producer, uh, Menahem Golan, he moved the rights to his uh, the company formed after that, 21st Century Films. And then uh, 1991, 21st Century also was dissolved. Were and they then, absorbed by 21st Century Fox? Uh, no, it's 20th Century Fox. Uh. Um, and then Karolko came along, another studio's big in like the 90s, um, early 90s, I should say. Uh, and they had the rights, which they held until they filed for bankruptcy in 1995. So then the rights for Spider-Man went to MGM. So then Marvel, who was having some uh, bankruptcy troubles of its own, uh, they filed suit that they claiming they were due to get the rights back because the original Karolko option had expired in the summer of 96 before MGM put a film into production. So something else that was complicating the matters was the fact that uh, 21st Century Film had sold off the home video and television rights to Columbia and Viacom. So, Viacom. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1999, a court dismissed MGM's claim to Spider-Man. Now, I read also that MGM made a deal with Sony because uh, MGM's real, real only line of income was the James Bond movies. But I guess James Bond, anybody can make James Bond movies. I guess Warner Brothers had made one and Sony was considering making one. So they made a deal where they said, hey, if you don't make a James Bond movie, we'll give you Spider-Man. Oh, so that I don't know if it was a court thing or if it's a combination of those things. So then Marvel got the rights back to Spider-Man and they they struck the deal with with Sony Pictures. And then through Columbia Pictures, they made Spider-Man, the James or Sam Raimi Spider-Man. All right. So then. So when Karolko had the rights, they asked uh, uh, some dude named James Cameron some dude. Some dude who was, Never a heard of him. who was a lifelong fan of the character to uh He's come also up a with lifelong the fan of the Navi. <laughs> anyway, uh, he produced a 57-page uh, scriptment uh, detailing his vision for the character. I can't imagine writing 57 pages on something that doesn't go anywhere. Uh, so his villain was going to be Electro. Everybody liked the script. Stan Lee liked it. And then uh, he turned in his his version of the story. Then he went off and made True Lies. Oh, I like True Lies. So he, uh, when he was promoting True Lies, he said that uh, he would be doing the Spider-Man movie, except Kuroko went bankrupt, and then he moved on to Titanic. And then oh. by the time they got around to Boo. making Spider-Man, he wasn't interested anymore. He was he moved on to the to the Navi. Oh my God! <laughs> on purpose, he was like. This is, and then he's still doing the Navi, which is insane to me. Yeah. So Columbia considered a few other directors before ending up with Sam Raimi. Among them were Roland Emmerich. Nope. I don't know who that is. Independence Day. I've, I've never seen Independence Day. Oh, okay. It's a big, dumb movie. No, I know what it is. I'm not. Oh, okay. Uh, Chris Columbus, whom you may know from Home Alone. Oh, yeah. I've seen Home Alone. <laughs> and uh, David Fincher. Yeah. And he, uh, David Fincher, he didn't really want to do an origin story. So David Fincher had this to say. 
my impression of what Spider-Man could be is very different from what Sam Raimi did or what Sam wanted to do. I think the reason he directed that movie was because he wanted to do the Marvel Comics superhero. I was never interested in the Genesis story. I couldn't get past a guy getting bit by a red and blue spider. It was just a problem. <laughs> it's not something I felt I could do straight-faced. I wanted to start with Gwen Stacy and the Green Goblin, and I wanted to kill Gwen Stacy. I would love to see David Fincher's take on Spider-Man. I'm not saying it should be... Like now that it's now that Spider-Man exists kind of thing? Yeah. That would have been cool to see. I don't know that he would have been right. I worry about what his costume would have looked like because, again, he he wanted to keep it real. You know, you've seen David Fincher movies. Uh, he's pretty dark. So. I'm more concerned about his Uncle Ben dying scene. <laughs> I don't Sam Raimi nailed that one. Jesus. So eventually they landed on Sam Raimi, who I've spoken about before, the, the evil dead guy. Evil, yeah. All the evil dead movies love Sam Raimi. You do love Sam Raimi. He impressed executives with his passion for the classic Marvel Comics character, or classic Marvel Comics version of the character. And uh, and what, one thing, I don't know if I mentioned this in Evil Dead, but you know he always has that old uh, Delta 88 in every movie. Yeah. And it's in Spider-Man. It's Uncle Ben's car. Yeah, I know. It shows up in every... Sam Raimi movie. That's really cool. You're probably to me. talking to a listener, huh? Yeah, I'm talking to a listener. Because yeah. I know. Yeah. And you know I know. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it, it just we're having a conversation here. Sam All right. So casting, uh, Tobey Maguire was not the first choice for Peter Parker. Some of the actors that were considered were Wes Bentley, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Wes Bentley. Uh, James Cameron wanted Edward Furlong. Oh. Uh, Chris Klein, Heath Ledger, Freddie Prince Jr., and discount Tom Cruise, Scott Speedman. Uh, Scott Speedman? He's the discount Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's what you keep saying. Yeah, he's a guy that looks like Tom Cruise, but he's not. (laughs) That's not helping me. That's not. Thanks. I, I think that's who he is. Thanks for not helping me in any way. Sure. They also, uh, well, no, that, I guess that was for... The villain. Scott Speedman, we make... Oh, no, I'm thinking of a different guy. This guy doesn't look anything like Tom Cruise. Oh. Abort. Abort. <laughs> I don't know who this is. Abort. <laughs> All right, my bad. All right, back to work here. All right. All right, so Sam Raimi had seen Tobey Maguire in the Cider House Rules and thought he could capture Peter Parker's insecurity and weirdness. You know what I and think? And moist eyes. Whenever I, I've never seen Cider House Rules. Me neither. But I assume that, like, rules mean, like, a list of of instructions you should be following. Yeah. But I always think of it like, Cider House Rules! That's me, too. <laughs> That's what I always think. <laughs> like, O'Doyle Rules. Like, yeah. Cider House Rules! That's what I think every yeah. time. Same. Anyway. That's funny. <laughs> we both independently are like, yeah. Cider House, like, Cider House Rules! rules. Cider House is the fucking best, man! Cider House Rules! <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I don't know anything about it. So, uh, as we all know, Willem Dafoe played the Green Goblin. Yes. But that was only because Nicolas Cage, John Malkovich, Liam Neeson, and John Travolta all said no. They did not want to play the Green Goblin. Speaking of John Travolta. Yeah. So, that song from Greece that, I got chills, that song. How's that go again? Multiplying. Yeah. That song. <laughs> Come on. Where Um, would this come on? It came on Spotify. That Summer Rewind, I swear to God, is made up. Like, it's like songs you may have heard once. I don't know. Sounds like you, because it didn't show up in my Summer Rewind. (laughs) That's for sure. So anyway, that came on, and it shows, you know, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. 
<laughs> Logan was in the car with me because it came on when we were driving back from OSU. Yeah. Logan's like, John Travolta. He's like, Vince? Vince from Pulp Fiction? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, no way. He only knows him from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know about, <laughs> like, so that, like, know about Grease. Night Fever or Grease or any right. of that. That's funny. He's like, that is not. He's like, that. He's like, are you messing with me? <laughs> like, he did not believe That's, me. Yeah, his introduction seen, is just through the movies I like. <laughs> he's never seen Grease, so he only knows him as Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction and like he doesn't, Punisher. He doesn't know him from anything else. That's funny. And I was like, no, I swear this is him. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> he did not believe me. Anyway, go on. And then this is something I didn't realize until earlier today when I was watching this movie the umpteenth time and I actually got to the end you know I put it on like here and there all week that's why I thought you would notice that I, I was just gonna... thought you were being obnoxious <laughs> with my Spider-Man movie that, and because you've been putting on James Franco movies too like we watched Pineapple Express like I thought maybe you just had a James Franco fucking man really crush. you thought that you've was also the thing? been watching a lot of Bill Hader stuff so it could be uh, anything Bill Hader's not in Spider-Man so no, yeah, but he I, was I do love Bill Hader. I've never heard a James Franco thing, though. That's not a thing. But he was Bill Hader. Yes, he was in Pineapple Express. He's in Superbad. Oh, I didn't even know he was watching. in. Pine I didn't remember he was in Pineapple Express. Anyway. Anyway, so Flash Thompson. Do you remember the Flash Thompson, the black-haired kid from the original Spider-Man? Yeah. That's Joe Manganiello. I did not realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. That was his first role, and I saw it in the I credits today. I was like, that either. what? I had no idea until like, and I've, I don't even. I've watched that movie countless times. I never. I didn't realize that either. It's in, and I've seen that. I've seen that movie a lot. Yeah, like yeah. Lot. Flash Thompson is Joe Manganiello, and I like Joe Manganiello actually because he's he's a nerd. He he plays Dungeons and Dragons, and he's supposed to. He was going to be Deathstroke. He played Deathstroke in a. You're a nerd. Anyway, go on. Yeah. All right, so let's just talk a little bit about the movie here. I just want to talk a little bit about. Um, what I like, why this movie was significant to me and I think pop culture. So from 1989 until 2002, we had we had four Batman movies. So 1989 Batman really kicked all that off, that dark superhero thing. And then we got a lot of dark superhero movies. We got the Crow. We got the Blade movies. And oh, then yeah. when they did X-Men in the late 90s, there was a distinct absence of costumes in those movies. Right. Yeah. They just wore black. The villains, you know, Magneto didn't have his red hat. and purple, and yeah, he had, he had the helmet or whatever, but they didn't make it as cool looking as the comic. So, one of the things I really loved about watching the trailer for Spider Man in, in 2001, which I remember watching on your computer over. Yeah, you you told that story this week. 56 probably, probably should have realized modem. that was just happening because you just told the story to Logan this week. They nailed the costume fairly. It's. Not green goblins. Uh, we'll, we'll get to him. But they, they they did the red and blue. They did muted red and blue. They didn't go as red and blue as the homecoming costume, which is a, a, a way better Spider-Man costume in the end. But at the time, it was like, wow, they're really doing Spider-Man. They're not doing like the all black suit or anything. They're they're actually going to do Spider-Man. That, that movie. No, but they, they gave him the webbing and yeah. they made him look like Spider-Man, which was appreciated. And I don't know if you remember this, but the teaser trailer that came out in 2001. I promise you I don't came out before the 9-11 terrorist attacks and the teaser trailer oh i do remember this actually. was uh, a segment where he webbed up a helicopter with a giant web between the twin towers yeah. 
And so after 9-11, they, you know, uh, wiped the Internet of that and got rid of one of the movie posters because I guess there was a reflection of the Twin Towers in his in his uh, lenses of his costume, which I don't really remember the poster. I remember the, the teaser trailer, though, because it was exciting, and I watched it a millions, billions of times. Um, and then the other thing... I derailed. I don't remember what the other thing was. All right, well, let's just move on know, to the Green Goblin's fucking, costume. That's fucking weird. What's that? Thinking back to, like, pre-9-11. Yeah. Well, they, uh, well, that's the other thing I was going to say, actually. They had to digitally remove the Twin Towers from scenes yeah. in the movie. And that was one of the first movies that had to, you Go know. Go back. Yeah. And, and deal with that. Sad and weird. It is. Like, thinking back now, it was weird because, like, at the time... I remember, like, when we were closer to it, it was almost like, all right, everybody, like, let's just stop talking about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was almost like, I need to stop talking about it now. Yeah. And now, looking back on it, it's like, oh, so sad. Yeah. So many people. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm still in that space. Let's not talk about it anymore. All right, so Green Goblin's costume. They, I, I wasn't... I don't know. I wasn't too upset with his costume because I, part of me was just happy he was in costume. He was green. He looked goblinish. He had the yellow <laughs> it is eyes. So terrible. It is bad. It is like Power Rangers bad. And I guess and I was looking when I was going through looking for material. They have pictures of the. They had like an animatronic mask that looked more like the comic book, the more demonic looking Green Goblin, where yeah. the mouth would actually move and stuff. But they decided to go with the with what they ended up with, which was. I don't know. I think they were afraid to take big strides with costumes back then, you know? They didn't want to go too far and then have it be like, we've overstepped and now we're in an uncanny valley and nobody likes it. No, no, no. What I mean is they didn't want... They were they were afraid to do what the MCU did, which is, you know, they're like, no, we're going to do the costumes, you know, for the most part. You know, we're going to make Captain America red, white, and blue. We're not going to mute it. Yeah. We're going to make... We're going to give these people their fucking costumes. They're going to have costumes. Like Thor is Thor. Yeah, and... Because, again, you know, X-Men uh, and even Batman, you know, Batman was all black. He wore all black, which he hadn't done in the comics. It was always gray and blue or gray and black. And he even had purple sometimes back in the day. Back in the Everybody yeah. calmed down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so everybody was just about doing the all black thing. So I, I just I think they didn't want to go too, too far with that. The other thing they introduced in the movie was the organic web shooters. Uh that came out of James Cameron's script. Sam Raimi liked it. He's like, you know what? He he got all these other powers. Why wouldn't he be able to shoot webs? So I never really minded that. It's kind of gross. It's, it's really <laughs> fucking gross. You have to be really hydrated to shoot that much yeah, webbing all the time. it's really fucking gross. Uh, so I definitely do like the homemade web shooters better. I'm glad they stick with that now. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting choice. It's really fucking gross. No. Like... You get all excited and you accidentally shoot some web. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, like it's all sticky. Uh, <laughs> like, it's so gross. Uh, who else do I want to talk about? Oh, the best casting in the movie. J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Right. Just really fucking is. perfect. Nailed it. And you notice we haven't seen a, a fucking J. Jonah Jameson since then. Yeah. I don't know if there'll be one in Far From Home. Because he is, he that is dude him. is JJ. He just embodied him. He was written well, and that's one of the things I like. When you go back and watch the two, the Sam Raimi Spider Mans, any of them, even even Spider Man Two, they're they're kind of corny, you know. And Sam Raimi's always had that little that kind of corny style, 
even when he's doing gore, he yeah. still always had just, you know, just a little bit. But you could also tell he was channeling the comics he grew up with, you know, the 60s and 70s Spider-Man comics. And when you look at it that way, it's damn near perfect as a Spider-Man movie. You know, it's, it's very Aunt May's portrayal is, you know, again, j- just like straight out of the comics. She's a million years old. Uh, uh, having uh, MJ just always a damsel in distress. They don't really even explain why he likes her so much other than she's a hot chick who lives next door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's enough. But he's in love with her. It's all just very simple, like the old comics, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no... They don't explain the romance or anything. It's just... You just yeah, accept it. Yeah, there's no it. reason to actually like her. She doesn't seem to have any redeeming qualities. There's no qualities. reason for her to like him, though, either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, neither one of them. there's no redeeming qualities. They, they don't really her. have a... That MJ has no redeeming qualities. So, they don't... Uh, Whatever her name is. What's her name? Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. That's her name. But it's it's a very simple movie. And, but it, it reflects the early comics perfectly. And I, I do love that about it. But yeah, when you go back and watch it, aside from, you know, uh, people complain, oh, special effects is always Dude, a thing. But that's how it is that, with any movie that's over 10 years old. Is special it the effects first are noticeable. Movie? Is it the first movie or the second movie that has that fantastic scene with the raindrops that's the second head. movie. Oh my god, that's, that's my, a great. That's funny. That's, that's intentionally funny. That's the best though. scene. In that's all really of the funny. second movie. Sam Raimi has always had a sense of humor, and it definitely shows up in the movies. It's the best scene in all the second movie, man. The one thing they didn't get right, and maybe this, I don't know, maybe the the older comics. No, in the older, I've read some of the older comics. He did always have the witty banter, but there's not a whole lot of the witty Spider-Man banter. He he really is like the sad, damp-eyed Spider-Man. It really is all the time. All right, so uh, some some benchmarks. It was released in May, I believe, May third of two thousand two. It was the first film to make over a hundred million dollars in a single weekend. So people were a lot of people very excited for Spider Man. So this this was record breaking. I at remember the time. driving back from seeing it with you. Yeah. Yeah, I remember driving back. We lived um, in Akron. Right. We lived at Timbertop. And we were driving back, and we drove through the valley. Yeah. To go back. Like, I remember I was so upset because Uncle Ben died, and I had no idea <laughs> because I didn't know the characters. Was I excited? Was oh, I, you loved it. Did I? Like, okay, driving I back, remember. And I, I was I so upset because, I like, it. I didn't know Uncle Ben was going to die, and I was fucking distraught. Like I that cried. Was powerful. That was well done too. Like, and that's the thing. Sam Raimi knows how to switch from corny to realistic. But like, you know, to I didn't know. Like, because I didn't know Spider Man. And the actor, I don't remember the actor's name. Forgive me, but he did a great job as Uncle Ben. And you know, I didn't know. And they use his. That's his voice in the Spider Man into the Spider Verse movie. When you hear that line, "With great power comes great responsibility," they lifted that yeah. straight out of Spider Man. Like his performance of that line is what you're hearing. Well, all I know is that I remember driving home from that, and I was fucking distraught. <laughs> you were upset about it. You were crying in the theater. I do yeah, remember that. I remember crying in the theater. I remember you crying over Uncle Ben, and I. It was a sad moment, and then I. It was kind of like one of those things too. It's like she does. It's just so weird to me. What to me is just common knowledge, and now well, it I is mean, Uncle now, Ben. Now, now, it's now it's like it is Uncle Ben dying. It's like everybody called out. Like of course Uncle Ben has to die. Yeah. Like when you see Spider Verse and you're like, for me it was my Uncle Benjamin. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was like everybody was like, yeah, it's Uncle Ben. Right. But at, at the time, I had no idea that was coming. Yeah. I didn't know. And I was just like beside myself. Yeah, you, if, 
so many things I just thought you knew. And the, the, my favorite one is still when we were watching 300 and it occurred to me that you did not know that this was based on the Battle of Thermopylae and what the Battle of Thermopylae was when you were like, what did you say? How does this end? I remember this was my face. Like I was just like, my eyes went big. My, but my jaw was just kind of like locked in place. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> she doesn't know. She's going to be upset. <laughs> oh, that was a big moment. I, I did not like how 300 ended. <laughs> 300 didn't end how I thought it was going to go. All right. So not only did it break uh, $100 million in three days in the U.S., it actually hit uh, went to $114.8 million opening weekend. So that was the highest uh, North American box office film for a non-sequel until Alice in Wonderland surpassed it eight years later, of all things. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland was okay. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Oh, it was okay. It wasn't nearly as good as, like, I mean, the original animated version is, like, 30,000 times better. Yeah. 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 Well, that one's, like, trippy and weird and, Fantastic. and all those things. But yeah, that I I'm just clearly very amped for Spider-Man: Far From Home opens in two days. I have tickets for two different showings, not on the same day. And I'm not expected to go to that other showing, am I? No, I'm taking the kids. Oh We're going Fourth of July. Holy since, shit! Since I'll be off. Holy shit! Fuck! <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to go to that other one too. No, yeah, no, it's just me and the boys, and we're gonna go see it on the the Cinemark XD screen. So we got tickets for that showing. Oh, uh, good. That's so I'm really amped, and the, fun. so. Oh, Sam. As you already know, I don't look up spoilers or reviews or anything, but I am on Twitter. And I follow a lot of comic book writers on there, and they got to go to the premiere. And this, there's no spoilers here. The comic book writers I follow are not dickheads, so they're not trying to give spoilers. But the one thing I have seen consistently from all of them is that the second credit scene is amazing. So I keep hypothesizing what could be in this scene. So here are some of my ideas. Okay. Now, I think I've talked about the fact that Sony and Marvel had a five-picture deal for Spider-Man, and Far From Home is the fifth picture in that deal. This is supposed to be the last one. Obviously, they can make a new deal and go forward. So here's my hope. Here's my fanboy hope is that the second scene has Tom Hardy as Venom, or even just Tom Hardy in it, implying, you know, as Eddie Brock. That would be that would be the most amazing thing to me is if they implied that they're going to continue Spider-Man in the MCU and also bring Venom over. However, the the trailer or the the credit scenes don't always have anything to do with the movie you just watched. They're, they're just about... They I can, understand how credit scenes work. Yeah, I'm talking to listener. Listener does too. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just explaining. I'm for listener. Anyway. They understand how credit scenes work. So it could be any number of, of characters or it could be Deadpool for instance, would be, again, this is another fanboy wet dream thing. If they introduce Ryan Reynolds in, this way into the Marvel Universe, since obviously they, they own the X-Men now, the cinematic rights to X-Men. So, Or it could be, so those are my dream things, to see Venom, and my next one would be to see Deadpool, and then after that it would just be maybe Fantastic Four or oh, X-Men. I'd rather die. I'd rather die than see Fantastic Four. I can't wait till they put out dead. a Fantastic will, Four movie and you go run, see it and you enjoy it because Marvel did it. I will run into traffic. You've already seen two great Fantastic Four movies. I have seen two terrible Fantastic Four movies. You have seen movies. two great ones. They are called The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah. That is I, what a good those. Fantastic Four movie those is. Those are good. Yes. But I have seen 
garbage Jessica Alba fucking piece of shit garbage where she throws her amazing Burberry trench coat on the ground and sh- like for no reason that's the and worst then part just leaves it that's the worst part like, of the Fantastic Four like movie she's gonna leave her fucking $1,200 trench on the ground no that's not something you do I think that was the biggest complaint on the internet about those movies I bet it was <laughs> yeah because that's, that's what not all the comic book nerds were complaining about they were like that is a Burberry jacket you would it's never it's not a jacket it's a trench coat oh fuck me but you would not leave it you wouldn't if you're invisible you will grab your coat and your invisible like coat is gonna go fucking running across like, <laughs> that was the point of being invisible at that point they're going to see the coat and follow that as well. That's <laughs> that, fine. That's Let not fine. Them. Just try to get away. Just try to, and I'm not defending these movies. They're not good. But still, I'm just saying that you, you desperate times. I'm def- just saying you don't fucking throw in a coat that's that expensive on the ground. All right. So that was, there and it is. leave it. Maggie lays out the crux of the issues with the Fantastic Four movies that were produced by Fox right there. Throwing Burberry jackets on the ground. Also, everything related to the thing. That was also a problem. I like the thing. Are you talking about his... I'm talking about his makeup. I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about Michael Chiklis. He's fine. I like him. So, yeah. I think it's going to be some sort of X-Men or Fantastic Four tease, but what I would like to see is a Venom or a Deadpool tease. Uh, And I'm two days. Two days away. I just want to sleep until then. So, I I don't know if, if you can quantify excitement levels for a movie, but I am more excited for this movie than I was for Endgame because I love Spider-Man that much. And I'm, I don't know what the future holds. Oh God, I hope I don't have to cry. So with I mean, Endgame, I, I had some face. ideas. You know, going into Endgame, I was like, well, I think this will happen and this might happen and this will happen. And I was right about a few of those things, right? This movie, I have, I had some ideas I presented last week. And that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited to see a Spider-Man in peak form doing Spider-Man type things with, you know, the Marvel writing behind it i think this will be the best spider-man movie that's what i'm predicting spider-man far from home best spider-man movie you think there's anything that makes me cry no Uh, (laughs) uh, no i don't think so i don't think there's gonna be any cry stuff they're also gonna be because this is gonna be this is post end game they're not they're trying to they all have cry face they're they're trying to you know kind of this is uh i don't know what you would call it like a palate cleanser yes thank you that's that's where yeah they're not i don't think they're trying to do that i think there's going to be a little bit of focus on you know uh, ending yeah don't don't spoil it okay don't spoil end game but yeah there's going to be a little bit of that and then but uh yeah i think they're they're trying to take a different tone and this will wrap up phase three of the marvel universe and then next movie will be phase four which they still haven't announced but maybe in the teaser you can yeah, they're see. probably waiting for this to come out so that way they can begin to announce phase four. Yeah. Oh my God, Sam is rubbing up against my mic and it's giving me a heart attack. All right, well, that's that's all I got for you this week. Go see Spider-Man Far From Home because it looks great and I want it to do better than all the other movies. I don't know. <laughs> it's important. To, Spider-Man needs to recapture his his glory at, on, Sean on the big has, screen. Sean has like such... He acts like his skin in the game. And he <laughs> He's doesn't. my favorite hero. He's my favorite character. So no, he Batman used to be, is. Well, uh, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna kill you. Uh, Bitch, I'm gonna kill you. He uh, he he need he needs to like, well, like what I was just saying with this movie. This Sam a, really this needs a first hundred million dollar movie. Did 114 million dollars. 
opening weekend. People were pumped. And then after after Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man 3 was huge, right? But people were upset with it because it was not great. And then they had Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. And let me just tell you this, listener. I was so disappointed with the trailers for Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 that I did not see them in the theater. All of Andrew Garfield? Yeah. I was my favorite character, and I saw that they were turning it into Twilight. And I don't even know Twilight existed at the time, but that was the tone of the movie was just utter teenage angst romance. I was like, no, this looks bad. And I was right. I do not like those movies. The best thing to come out of those movies is Amazing Spider-Man 2 has a great, great Spider-Man costume. The costume in that is fantastic. It reminds me of Andrew 90s Garfield Spider-Man. Garfield hates Mondays and loves lasagna. <laughs> That's from BoJack Horseman. But those movies were... They were not good, and I did not. I did not see them until they were on video. I couldn't even go to the theater and support that nonsense. So I actually, I just couldn't do it. It looked bad. Plus, it was just too soon for a reboot. It was like two or three years after Spider-Man Three. I'm like, you're just rebooting already? It was just Sony <laughs> just trying to hold on to the rights, the cinematic rights. So we got to get something out the door, and it showed. Like they they rushed that shit out the fucking door. That shit was awful. Uh, all right. So that's it. That's all I got this week. But yeah, no, I want to see Spider-Man back on top, though, for his his movies. Like, I think, like, Venom is predicted to make more than Spider-Man. <laughs> like, to have, like, Spider-Man, the new one, isn't expected to make as much as Venom did worldwide. Hmm. But yeah, I don't I don't know what they're what they're predicting as of right now for the opening weekend. But I, I hope it, I, I want him to get his, his box office glory back and be the, the biggest, uh, the biggest character. Also, because then Marvel will probably get to do more movies because Sony will be like, well, you guys have better luck with the character so we'll keep him in the mcu possibly all right now i'm done now i'm I'm done so thanks for listening okay you're welcome but again talking to listener oh <laughs> i well, thought we'd I'm wrap up the here. podcast i'm sitting here so you're <laughs> what welcome. are you gonna know that we're doing a podcast <laughs> that this is not just these microphones are just for show uh, we're talking never. to other people i will never know all right but again thanks for listening hope you enjoyed it and uh well well We'll be back next week. I guess. I guess. Maybe. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a spoiler cast for Spider-Man. Who knows? Maybe. Depends. We'll I see. I don't know. Probably not. I guess it depends what happens, right? Yeah. It depends on how significant the events are in the Probably movie, I think. Probably not, though. Oh. I don't know. All right. All right. Bye.